We're the Pragmatic Doulas. This is a podcast where we talk all about birth and other interesting things. Birth may be a goddess, but she doesn't want to be worshipped. She wants to be respected. She doesn't want incense. She wants common sense. Hey there, it's me, Kim, one of the Pragmatic Doulas. We did a great recording today, but then we realized that we got so excited and got right into things, we forgot to do a land acknowledgement. So I'm here to give you your land acknowledgement for Scarborough, where I live. The land I'm standing on today is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Ashinaabit, the Chippewa and the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse nations, Inuit, Métis people. I also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed by the Mississaugas of the Credit and the Williams Treaties, signed by multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. Thank you so much, and we're terribly, terribly sorry that we forgot, Um, but as I say, we were very excited about this particular topic, so we promise not to forget again, and we hope you enjoy talking about cranial sacral therapy. Have a good one. Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Doula's podcast. I am Kim the Doula, currently doing doula, hip surgery doula. (laughs) I'm a hip surgery doula at my mom's house. It's fun, fun, fun. And we have Suzanne. With me, I am doula Suzanne. You know me. I'm over here in my um, very sunny home office, and the lawn is getting mowed outside. So if you hear like lawnmowers in the background, that's why. Just ignore it because I don't have the time nor the patience to edit any of that shit out. None of it's going to be edited out. So yeah, deal with it. what you get. Get what you get. Steph is not with us today. She's got some things to take care of as, you know, as one does all the time. But the, the load fell on a Thursday morning when we're recording. So she's off doing that. But, but in but. her place. We have two awesome guests with us today. Can yes, we you? Do. One of them you know already. Yes, you know her well. She's like that guest who comes to your house and like just opens the fridge and helps themselves because yeah. <laughs> they've been there a lot. So it's not, they barely have guest status anymore. Yeah, you know who that is. It's Carissa. Hello, hello. I like that intro. That's very good. I love guest status. <laughs> barely true. get status barely yeah. get status yeah yeah very good excellent and, and and carissa's brought a friend with her today please introduce your friend with us carissa because you, since we're not a guest anymore we're not doing it for you <laughs> no you do it you do it oh. introduce please who you brought with you today well i have brought someone who i think is a master of cranial sacral for babies and for well, for anybody, but for babies, especially in my world, her name is Megan Beams, and uh, she has taught me uh, a lot about uh, cranial sacral and what that can do for our families and for our children and how it can change lives. So she's going to tell us more about it today, and I'll chime in here and there. Aw, thanks, Marisa. Yeah. I like Megan. being called a master. That's uh, that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> It means you know all the things. All yeah, things. yeah. I might have. I actually like hours wise. How many hours is it to be a master at something? Is it like ten thousand? Ten thousand. Ten thousand. Oh, I think I'm close to. I, I think I'm close to like eight thousand, maybe nine. Oh. So I'm almost at the matter master status, which is pretty cool. See, there you That's go. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> we'll we'll take it. We don't want to wait. <laughs> you know, no, so don't. We'll no, there's no now. point. Why wait? We'll take now is the time. Mm-hmm. Now is the time. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. thank you. Yeah. So I am, um, I'm Megan Beams, like Carissa said. I am a registered massage therapist here in Toronto. Um, and I am also a craniosacral therapist for babies. So I've been, <clears throat> I've been working um, with craniosacral since 2018. And uh, I, I opened up my first business called uh, My Baby Craniosacral back then in, in 2018. And since then, this business has helped over 
uh, close to 600 families. Um, and yeah, and (laughs) it's my most favorite thing in the whole wide world. And I have two kids, so (laughs) you could imagine, um, how much I really, truly love this stuff. So, um, I, um, I, because I love this and because I see the changes that I can provide for families who are like seriously struggling, um, I knew that I couldn't be the only one. Um, and there were so few in just Toronto alone that, um, that I, you know, I knew I needed to, um, I needed to start training people and in 2020, you know, the height of the pandemic, um, I was like, Hey, let's open another business because that's what people do, um, in a pandemic. Um, and I did. And so I started beam CST training center. And so now I, I train people CST, um, for babies. Yeah. Can you, tell us a little bit, because I think we do a lot of assuming on this show because we have a small listenership and it's mostly people who are like deep into the doula work. But what if there's somebody who is just starting out and there are a lot of um, complementary complementary therapies and complementary professionals that we may or may not refer our clients to. So can you explain to us a little bit, please, about exactly what is cranial sleep therapy? Why, uh, what is it? What does it do? Why is it important? Why would any parent reach out to you? What kind of issues might come up for a parent that will cause them to want to reach out or need to reach out to you? I feel like, um, all of those questions, I could probably talk about, um, each one specifically for an hour, (laughs) but what I'll do is I'll, I'll break it down. Um, in the, I think the best way possible for doulas to, to really understand the significance of body work for babies and body work for their clients. Um, because a lot of people, you know, I, I feel like it's uh, kind of popularized in that, oh, go get body work. And it's a suggestion. Oh, just go get body work, see what happens. Um, and so I don't think people truly understand the, the significance of how powerful it is and, and what kinds of changes that they can see. So, um, so craniosacral um, is extremely gentle. It is, uh, it works with the fascia of the body and it, it can be used at any age. It's not just for babies, but I'll, I'll speak specifically on, on infants here. So when a baby is in utero, um, you know, the, the womb that they're being grown in sometimes, you know, isn't symmetrical. Um, and so they're being grown in an asymmetrical body. And so their body can become asymmetrical fascia wise, right? So I spoke about how craniosacral works with the fascia. So fascia is all over our body. It, um, it, it covers every part of our body. And essentially that's how we stand. We, we stay standing is through fascial lines throughout the body. So when we are in utero, let's say we, you know, our arm or our leg is in a certain position, that fascia of that arm and that leg and that shoulder and the hip that it's all connected to can get tight. And then, um, and then we get born. Right. And so as we're going through either going through the birth canal or being born uh, via cesarean, that fascia, again, can get tight in certain ways. Um, Maybe if there's Pitocin used, maybe this baby is in a poor position like OP or um, they were breached for some time and then they turned, you know, turned head down. Um, And so all of these different presentations of a baby in utero, um, they can kind of, during the birthing process, they can kind of get cemented in because the, the, you know, the 30 pounds of pressure of that uterus being, you know, each contraction is just really forcing that fascia into that, you know, poor position already. Um, and then if we add Pitocin, then we've got 60 pounds of pressure, right? Because it, it doubles the amount of pressure of that uterus. And so if a baby is coming through the birth canal in a poor position and they've got 60 pounds of pressure for 90 seconds you know, or 60 seconds every few minutes, then they're going to come out and they're going to be really sore. 
you know, they're going to come home and, and they're going to cry a lot. Right. Um, and then maybe if it was C-section, then the tractioning or the pulling of them being just like pulled out of wherever it was that they were in the birth canal, or maybe it was an elective C-section and um, they were in a great position, but even just like, like that pulling of their head out of the uterus, that causes traction along the neck, okay? And so when a baby comes out, they feed, they have to, they have to learn how to feed, <laughs> right? And with this tight fascia um, around their neck, around their jaw in, you know, in, within their head, um, that tight fascia can actually cause, uh, the muscles to work poorly or not work at all. And they might even have a headache, right? They, they come out and they've got a headache. So they cry, they lose weight, they can't feed. Um, their parents have no idea what's going on. Um, the, the, you know, they're trying to, to nurse, but there's no milk. Um, right. And so the parents are like, well, what do I do? Okay. Top up with formula. You know, they think it's them. They think it's their problem that they're not making this much milk. But what's happening is actually, you know, like making milk and, and feeding is a two person job. You know, it's not just one or the other. Um, they have, it's a symbiotic relationship. And so they have to be working well together um, in order to, to make the milk properly. So what craniosacral does is it goes in, it finds that the areas in the body that have that tightness that's causing that dysfunction, that's causing that the stress and, and the, and the um, you know, that feeling of helplessness that these parents have. And it allows the baby's body to function properly, right? So uh -huh. once that baby's body is starting to function properly, um, then, you know, they're, they're gonna feed better, they're gonna sleep better, they're going to poop better. Um, you know, so I want, I, I just want everyone to know that every single baby can benefit from this, right? Like people ask like, well, how do I know if a baby needs craniosacral? And I say, well, did the baby get born? <laughs> Was the baby born? Criteria one. Criteria Is the one. baby born. on the outside? <laughs> born. That's it. Born. Um, and, and the answer is, yeah, they, they, they need they need body work. That's not that they need it. I also don't want to pathologize people. You know, I don't want to be like, oh, birth is awful. It's terrible for everyone. But it's like, it's hard. You know, it's traumatic. And, um, and when we go through things that are really, really hard, we like to depend on other people to help us to process that information, to process these events. Um, and I think babies are really truly misunderstood. Um, yeah, you know, like they're yes. they're just like pushed through a hole or pulled through a hole, and there's expected to work properly immediately. Yeah. You know, and I think it, and I think that it's not pathologizing birth to say that over the millennia that we have been doing this and being consciously doing this thing called birthing that we've learned a thing or two. Yeah. There's many, many things that we've learned through the ages that can now make us better humans to make this thing called life and the start of life easier for, for us all. And this is one of those things we didn't know that before. And so maybe we developed um, adaptations in the past to compensate for some of the struggles that parents and babies had in those early days. And then as time passes, we learned about different therapies that can help. And this is one of them. So That's I don't think amazing. it's pathologizing. I think it's learning. Yeah. Oh, great. I like yeah. that too. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> a lot of people, so a lot of parents will come in and they'll say, oh, I told my mom that, you know, I'm coming in to see a craniosacral therapist. And she was like, oh, well, we never did that when you were babies. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, okay. No, you're they, right. That's right. Job. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But and you were fine. Classes and you also didn't care about crib safety and car seat safety and many, many other things that we now have learned 
we've learned a lot about and that we now do things differently in response to the new information that we now have. That's right. Thanks, mom. (laughs) You used to leave me, you know, on a stroll in a stroller on the porch, you know, in March. So yeah, we've evolved. We've evolved. We've (laughs) We've learned things. We learn things and then we adapt to that new information. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is why I think doulas, like for doulas, it's really important to have this information because these parents are told it's normal. Your baby will grow out of it, whatever. Right. And so these, these families have hired these doulas because they trust them. They believe them. They know that they're going to help them. Right. And so if a doula is coming to them, they, they are almost in a position of power, right? There is that power dynamic of that information, that knowledge. Um, and so when a doula says, Hey, I noticed your baby does this. I think they could really benefit from craniosacral. They, uh, that family is automatically, well, not automatically, not always, but most of the time going to believe them. They're going to say, oh, I never thought of that. Um, and so, you know, it's great for the, the, the doula to have an understanding that these parents who are struggling think it's their fault, think this is going to go on forever. Um, you know, these doulas, they actually like can provide a solution, right? They can say, hey, you know, that your baby, I see that you're really upset about this. Your baby doesn't have to feel this way. What if you go and get some body work? So, um, yeah. And now it's like, it's not a suggestion. It's more of like, this is kind of the solution. Should we try it? Like, I would really recommend you try it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's involved in cranial sacral therapy? Like, like, what are we talking about? Like, just touching, just like, what kind of manipulation are we talking about? Yeah. So, um, a lot of people have this, uh, vision of the, in their head of, you know, chiropractors cracking bones and stuff like that. So that is, um, absolutely not even close to what we do. Um, it's, so if it's five grams of pressure, that's it. And when you think of five grams of pressure, you're like, I don't even know what that is. So five grams is actually the weight of a nickel. So if you were to put um, a nickel on your thigh, would you even feel it? Not really. Right. So that that's how much pressure we're using. It's almost nothing. And what I like to tell parents is that it's going to look like I'm doing nothing. You're going to, you're going to wonder when the treatment starts. Yeah. Um, but what you will see is your baby moving in different ways. You know, a baby who always has their knees crunched up to their chest within 20 minutes can like stretch out and be like long and lanky and really loose. Right. So it's not what you see the practitioners doing. It's what you see the baby doing, um, reacting to this super gentle touch. So the hands, you know, the hands of the practitioner will go all over the body. It's not just the head. A lot of people think craniosacral. It's just like, you know, putting your hands on the baby's head. Though there is a lot of work with the cranium, um, it, it's more, it's it's the whole body. It's a whole body approach. So, so like I said, fascia is everywhere. And that's, that's really funny that you mentioned that about that five grams of pressure, like the the, the weight of a nickel. This is the second time this week that I've heard that I've never heard this business before about measuring pressure in that way. I was listening to a podcast about, it was like a beauty podcast and they were talking about facial massage and draining the lymph fluids yeah. from your face, which reduces swelling and baggy eyes and whatever, whatever. And she, she, the esthetician who was speaking was, cause I'm always thinking, well, you really need to like press and get down in there. If you're doing that and she says, nope, it is that what you just said, five grams of pressure, like the weight of a nickel. And I'm like, what? Because lymph is sitting right at the top of your, like right there under the surface and you move it. If you just do that, is that sort of related? Is it, is, is, is there anything to do with moving lymph fluids oh for sure distributing lymph fluids in this yeah oh yeah i mean we don't so lymphatic we don't really do lymphatic drainage um but lymph the lymph if you if you push too hard you can collapse 
the, the tubes that the lymph drains through. Right. Um, and so it's, it's really, it's very delicate. Um, and then it takes 20 minutes for it to kind of plump up again. Right. So that's why you're not supposed to use a lot of pressure with lymph drainage. Yeah. 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 Whereas with fascia, fascia is contractile fibers, it's connective tissue and, um, it's reactive, um, kind of like, kind of like the lymph. Um, so it reacts to whatever pressure is, is happening to it. So if you put too much pressure that, um, the fascia is going to go, Ooh, and contract, it's going to go, Ooh, don't do that. I don't want to do that. Whereas, um, and so either if you pushing or pulling, right. So tractioning or, or like blunt force. So if you want that fascia that has contracted to protect what's ever underneath, if you want it to release, you have to like suggest it. You have to be like, Hey, why don't we just like not contract? Um, and, and when you're suggesting then, then with five grams of pressure, then that fascia goes, Oh, cool. I'll just, you know, you're right. I don't need to do this anymore. I'm going to chill. And then it relaxes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't, it doesn't react to, so, and, and so let's, uh, I know a lot of people are going to say, well, deep tissue massage, isn't that going to do not good things. Those are very different things. Deep tissue is working with the muscle. Craniosacral is working with the fascia. So got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. And Carissa, do you, are you, uh, how do you, how are you guys connected? Well, I always like to tell the story because Megan and I met when I first started my doula career. I was at my first doula gathering. And I think uh, Megan was just at the beginning of her cranial sacral path. Uh, so right. that's how we met. Um, and then over time, her, her business grew and I would refer people and other, pe other doulas in our area were sort of referring uh, people to Megan. And then I, I remember going to a client visit with one of my clients to see Megan. And um, I was so excited because I wanted to see cranial sacral in person. And it was amazing to watch uh, this young baby have a, a treatment and spend time in real time, what it was like to see what it was like to have, have it done. Uh, and I think Megan was considering starting her courses at that time. Uh, and so I hummed and hawed for quite some time about whether I was going to take the course or not, you know, overthink everything. Um, but then I finally took the course, um, this last cohort. So that's how we, that's our short story of how we know each other. Yeah. So yes, I am a cranial sacral therapist. I'm treating babies probably two a week at the, at, at this time. Oh, yeah. I'm so awesome. happy to hear that. That's amazing. Sure. Every baby that I touch, whether they know they're getting it or not. So every time I see one of my clients, I do a treatment of some kind to practice. Yeah. Um, but I have two specific clients a week. Um, it seems to be, that seems to be my, my business so far to a week. I'd like it to be more, but that'll take some time. Yeah. yeah. I so think it's two a week ongoing, is Sorry. So it's an ongoing thing. It's not just one treatment and you're done. I'm, I'm aside the way I said that. So some clients I see more than once, but I, what I meant was uh, so far I've been able to obtain two clients a week. So sometimes they see them more than once. Usually up to, but for me, about three times is really the max. Um, but I'm sure Megan has clients that she sees for a lot longer than that. Uh, but I've had two clients a week since I started. Yeah. Right. The, the ones that I see more often are the ones who their babies have like uh, misshapen heads. Yeah. Yeah. Those, they, they take a little longer to see a difference. So what is the average like, um, treatment time frame? Is it just like two or three visits or? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty common that I'll see someone three times max. And then, um, and then I usually say like so, some, sometimes things come back, you know, the baby grows and something kind of comes back and shows up again. And they're like, Hey, they're doing this thing again. Um, and I just say, if, if this comes up, come on back. It's totally fine to do like a maintenance checkup or whatever, just to see what it is. Maybe there's something I can help with. And yeah. this may be like completely off base. Cause I just, my brain isn't functioning right now. Um, but how is this different from osteopathy? Like having an osteopath see a baby 
for like tight jaws and all this yeah, stuff. It's, it's not a whole lot different. So an osteopath, they do, um, their focus is more on visceral manipulation as well. Their focus is on, um, some, some alignment, uh, spinal alignment because I, I, I'm not an osteopath. I can't speak completely on it, but it's not a whole lot different because craniosacral is actually first year osteopathy school. Oh, okay. Yeah. So cranio, um, was developed by an osteopath and, um, and so most osteopaths learn it in the first year, but they only get, um, they only get, you know, like a week or two on treating babies. Um, and so it, it all depends on their, the practitioner, right? Like, did they take more training on baby specifically, um, that, that type of thing. Right. Right. So, yeah. Okay. And with a Cairo, a lot of people are like, well, what's the difference with the Cairo? They are mostly alignment, mostly like hip spinal alignment, jaw alignment. Um, whereas craniosacral is, um, just releasing fascia, finding areas that are tight, releasing it so that the body will find its own alignment. Right. Got it. So can you, so if let's say I'm a new mom and I've got my two day old baby and I'm struggling with breastfeeding for one reason or another, Mm -hmm. can you kind of walk us through what sorts of breastfeeding issues can be helped? Cause I'm thinking of all of the ones that we hear very commonly, milk supply, nipple pain because of bad latch, Mm -hmm. um, problems with like timing and management uh, that sort of thing, weak suck, blah, blah, blah. So which kind of breastfeeding issues can be helped by cranial sacral therapy? Um, every single one that you just mentioned. Good. <laughs> Including milk supply? Absolutely. I'm doing an, um, I'm doing, um, a, uh, webinar at 12 today on how it is a symbiotic relationship, right? So it depends, like, the baby has to be functioning properly for the person to be making enough milk. Mm -hmm. So if that baby is not pulling enough milk because they have a weak suck, they've got a, I'm going to use the word lazy because it's not like, just because that's what a lot of people think, but it's not lazy. It's, it's weak and it's not functioning properly. If they're chompy, if they've got a tongue tie, if they, you know, feed well on one side, but dribble on the other, um, you know, maybe they're, they're pinching one nipple and the other is fine. So all of these things, it means that the baby's suck is not optimal. And if that baby's suck is not optimal, it's not going to be pulling milk from the breast. And that breast is going to think, oh, it doesn't need that much milk. I'm not going to make enough. I'm going to make as much as it pulls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if that baby has an optimal latch, it's going to pull that milk out, right? It's going to increase the FIL, which is the, um, oh, I can't remember. It's an acronym, but FIL um, it's a, it's a hormone within the breast that, um, it, it's like a feedback mechanism, right? You pull, uh, the more you pull, the more, the hor- um, the more the hormone is, the more the hormone is, the more milk is made. Yeah. So, um, the, that the more optimized that that's that latch is the more milk is going to be pulled, the more milk is going to be produced. That being said, if the person is experiencing like thyroid issues or has, um, low, uh, glandular tissue within their breast, then that will, or like previous surgery or something right. that will throw off milk production. And that's not something we can help, but, um, if it's just a baby driven thing, then we can absolutely, absolutely help. Mm. Yeah. And is this a, is this a therapy that is relegated to only babies, newborns? or do adults do it? And what are some of the issues that adults might have that can be helped by this kind of therapy? Absolutely. It is not just for babies. It's for everyone. I mean, the older you are, the, the more sessions you're going to need to see really great results. Um, but anyone can have it. Um, things that I, so I treat adults as well. And so things that I treat are chronic pain, um, chronic pain issues, uh, previous injuries that are, you know, that are recurring, um, recurring pain from that, um, uh, IBS. Um, so digestive, digestive issues. Oh. Um, 
yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> um, constipation. Because like, we're oh. old and we have, <laughs> we have issues. issues. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So digestive issues, um, you know, constipation, um, those types of things. The other thing is if you've had previous surgery and you've got scar tissue within your body, a lot of people have had, you know, abdominal surgery of some sort, you know, a, a thing removed, uh, this, a laparoscopic that, uh, um, you know, any of those things, endometriosis, these types of things, um, they, they cause a lot of issues in the body and we have to like, and then what happens is our fascia is like, oh, let's protect you. And then everything gets stuck and you just feel gross and awful and nothing moves properly and you feel achy and gross and uh and what cranio does is it finds those areas and like lets it go you know it lets it go so you can start moving a little easier and that pain goes away um not only that but we hold emotion right so let's say we had like a trauma a traumatic experience like either whether it was physical or emotionally traumatic we hold that in our body and then if we're just like walking around with that all the time, that gets really heavy, you know, and, um, and it, it, it's held in our fascia. So if we release the fascia, we re- we, we release the emotion, we can process the events and just be generally a little bit more, um, okay with life. Yeah. And kind of let go of things from the past and, and move forward. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So there's that, but there's also stuff inside your head, chronic, uh, chronic migraines, um, uh, chronic sinus infections, deviated symptoms. Um, uh, what else can I do? <laughs> there's like so many things. Uh, oh, crowded teeth, you know, uh, tongue thrust. So, uh, oh, uh, sleep apnea. Um, what about TMJ? TMJ, right? TMJ dysfunction, clenching your jaw. That's a big one. Grinding your teeth at night. Mm-hmm. All of these things it can help with. Crazy. Amazing. Snoring. Yeah. 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 And so would you recommend when somebody comes to you, well, I guess depending on their issue, um, that they, or would you say that your therapy, cranial sacral therapy is enough? Or would you, do you sometimes recommend people also do osteopathy or, Oh yeah. Um, chiropractic treatment, oh, yeah. something like that. I don't com- want to ever. Yeah. Complimentary. I don't ever want to think that like I am the magic key, you know, like I, like everything I do is going to make you perfect. I don't ever want that to be the thing because it's not true. You know, cranio is great, but it is complimentary. Um, so I will refer out when a baby lets, like you said, something about timing and just like they're coughing and choking on letdown. So that's mm-hmm. timing of their tongue. That's tongue function. So I usually refer out to um, SLPs um, for babies so that they can be given um, some exercises to really and have like a really proper suck assessment um, so that they can have some exercises to improve that latch even more. Um, Sorry, what's an also, SLP? Oh, a speech language pathologist. Got it. Yeah. So um, I will refer out for that. But then I also refer out for Cairo if um, if I find that they're that I've kind of plateaued, you know, after three sessions, I'm like, I'm not really seeing what I'd like to see. Maybe you can try a Cairo or an osteo. Yeah. Because it's something I'm missing, you know. Um, and I feel like having the two or like modalities together, um, the different things that we do and focus on is a really great way to, to really find the core issue. Mm-hmm. And PT as well. Physiotherapy is really great for the, for the torticollis babies or the, the flat head on one side, you know, mm-hmm. it's really important for them to strengthen their bodies properly. Mm-hmm. Um, What's the relationship of craniosacral therapists with like conventional healthcare? What's that? What's that <laughs> journey been like for you? I oh, know it's... every comp, you know, alternative health practitioner, whatever you want to call them, th- that it's a journey. But what's it been like for this one? And what you know, in in terms of your relationship with the conventional healthcare system and the public who is so dependent and attached to the conventional healthcare system. 
Before you answer that, can I add to that? Yeah. I, I would like to, I would like to see what is the relationship between, you know, you and say medical doctor, but then also with the more traditionally alternative medicines like, uh, chiropractics and things like that because i mean we know the medical stage is like oh chiropractics it's voodoo and it doesn't work and blah 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 meanwhile i know for a fact it does um (laughs) but are are you even further beyond that with cream yeah yeah that's kind of what i wanted to know yeah Yeah. oh like further into the woo woo yeah like (laughs) do even the alternatives think you're voodoo or (laughs) yeah they do they think we're weird they think we're doing witchcraft (laughs) Yeah, because I used to say, sorry, I used to say like, when I had my babies, I used to think I was like, way out there, alternative, hippie, because I used cloth diapers. Then I met people who did elimination communication. (laughs) And I realized that I was nothing. I was just like (laughs) mom at Walmart buying pampers that we were just like this. And they were only an inch left of center. They were like all the way to the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's, a, it's definitely a spectrum with, uh, from, you know, um, conventional Western medicine to, um, to the alternative med, um, ways of healing. I think we are definitely on the furthest end of the, of, of the spectrum <clears throat> and what's our relationship. Um, so what I've heard parents say when they say they're going to, you know, they're, they're talking to the doctor and saying, oh, we're doing craniosacral. There's also a spectrum of, of like acceptance there. Um, some people are like, oh, okay. Um, I guess if you want to, um, you do, you, you, I love that. Well, if you want to, I love that response. (laughs) Exactly. I've also gotten, um, well, anecdotally, it has been shown that it can improve things. I'm like, no, science, it's like, it's being studied. These are, this is studied. Um, so it's not anecdotal. It's not, even though it's, it's slightly woo-woo and there's a lot of emotional and like talking to a baby, like they're, a, pardon me, do we, do you swear on this? Yeah. Have you, you talking to a baby, like they're a fucking human, like you just got to talk to them. Like they're a human. Oh, you, know? you if you swear on the podcast. Okay. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. I'm so glad. Um, because like people, they think I'm crazy because I ask the baby a question and wait for their response. You know, I'm like, no, they have words. They just have words with their bodies. You know, they have emotions. So mm-hmm. that to them is like, oh, that's weird. You know, and like, I'll, I'll get visions. Um, I'll get like, I'll, I'll hear them talking. Um, I, I talk to their spirit guides. So that's, yeah, sure. That's woo woo. But like, th- that's, that's just that's humans who aren't sure. connecting, who are connecting to that other part of them. Everybody has it, but it's whether you connect with it or choose not to, you know? So I choose to connect with it. And, um, but I don't, I don't always share that with people <laughs> because that's a belief. Really? System. Why would that be? Right. Like, <laughs> well, I was just talking to your baby and they told me that, and, um, I don't always say that to people, but I, I, I suss them out. Um, but I think I for do. the most part, I mean, I think most parents and whatnot go through that too, but they don't name it. Like they don't, they don't say my baby answered me. They intuitively felt what was needed and they did it. That was their baby talking to them. Right. And that's, but we don't, we don't like give it a name. I know. And there is a spectrum, even on the woo woo spectrum. Sure. Oh yeah. I I talked to somebody the other day who um, on the surface, like in the first few minutes of our conversation, was like a potential client she seemed very you know type a but you know really like hard evidence like she's used those words hard evidence science and everything I was like okay okay and then she started talking about some of the stuff that she's actually into like crystals and whatever a whole bunch of other stuff and I was like huh that isn't hard evidence (laughs) <laughs> even even among the woo there's a spectrum oh there yeah. are people who like i consider myself kind of woo woo but i i love makeup and i love like stuff that's that would you would seem would be unhippy like like i'm yeah. just that's just me but i also love the woo 
Yeah. I'm also right into that, but you, but you might see me at McDonald's scarfing down a Big Mac one day. Like, you, <laughs> no, let me change that. You will see me at McDonald's. <laughs> I think there's a difference will. between crunchy and woo woo though. Right. Like, yeah. So maybe that's what I'm thinking about. What is that, that spectrum? And then there are people who like, I would absolutely 100% um, hire a cranial circle therapist for my baby. Like I actually, yes, totally see that and chiropractic, all of that. I, I believe that I don't need to see all the studies. I really don't. Mm -hmm. Anecdotally, I believe it. I just know it works. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. know. And, but at the same time, I'm going to be like, thanks for the treatment. We got to go to Burger King now because I'm hungry (laughs) and I'm going, and then I'll have a salad like with kale for dinner because balance, balance. It's balance. <laughs> I took a, I was in the Yahoo groups. This is how old I am in the Yahoo groups, you know, back in the day before Facebook, I, there was a quiz once in this doula group that I was in and they were so crunchy. They were like at the far end. You I don't could know barely why. chew them. They were so <laughs> crunchy. Well, there was a quiz you could take to see how crunchy you were. Oh my God. So I took this quiz and it turned out I was like wet oatmeal. Like I was <laughs> not, <laughs> I, I was like, yeah, that feels about right. I'm like, kind of dip my toe in over there, but not you. Like I am not even close to being the way you are. No, and like, I probably get like super crunchy on that, but you can't tell by the way, by looking because yeah. I've had my babies at home. I, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. use midwives, extended breastfeeding, blah, 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 homeschooling, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I did belong to like a food co-op for a very long time. You'd probably be like nature Valley harvest crunch, but then there would but be I like something beyond that myself. as well. I didn't grow the granola <laughs> myself. I didn't like <laughs> bake it in my own outdoor oven myself, but it's still granola. And it's still crunchy. I had a client recently that were both extremely, both parents were very type A, very much in the medical industry. I'm not going to say more than that, Um, but very medicalized. And um, they had, they really didn't want to know a lot of stuff about what I was going to do. They just wanted to know more about cranial sacral and the treatment that I was going to give. And literally that, I would say that afternoon after I left, she called me, not texted me. She called me and said, I can't believe how much different the baby's been already. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. went back for another treatment and, and, it, and it, it's sometimes the crunch and the not so crunch, right? Like, I think I'm kind of in the middle too, but it doesn't really matter because we have all these other when you have a child, you just want them to feel better and you want them to behave better or more reactive. So to them, I was really proud of them for reaching out. And when they probably felt that this wasn't really up their medical alley, but they were willing to think outside the box to get some treatment. So, and I think that's the whole thing with, when we look at, you know, outside the, the spectrum of modern medical, um, stuff that we need, those people (laughs) to be a little more open to, you know, that there is something beyond just, you know, offering a pill and cutting something out. Like there's more to it than that. But I think we as a species or that sort of sector, we tend to ignore the emotional, the human, the stuff that we bring with us into these things. We look at policies and procedures and whatnot, but we have to remember that this is a baby this baby doesn't have any, doesn't care what your policies and procedures are. They're just living in their base of survival and they just need some help. And if that means, if that means some medical stuff that they need to be helpful, if that means some alternative things that they need to be helpful, if this means way on the other side of the spectrum alternatives that we can try as well, why not? Why wouldn't we? Especially if it's not going to harm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if it's not going to harm, then what, then what could it hurt? But I, I need the medical community to stop being, well, if you want to try, because that is like two fingers up, like I'm done with all of that. Life is a spectrum people. And we need to, we need to accept that. 
And we need to look at things, we need to begin looking at things holistically. Like you were just saying, people are not just this wound on my leg. That isn't me. Mm -hmm. I am more than that. And there may be other aspects of my life that are impacting, affecting, maybe the direct cause of this wound on my leg. And that is what I think conventional medicine misses is the holistic aspect of things, because we are more than just whatever problem we're presenting with. Now, mind you, yes, we all understand that you go to the ER with a gunshot wound. This is not the time to ask somebody about how they're sleeping and how they're feeling. (laughs) Again, a spectrum. There's, there's, there are things, issues, health concerns where you need to just hit that thing right now. A hundred percent because it's serious enough. It's, it's immediate. It's acute. It needs attention or needs surgery right now. That's it. But even folks with cancer, you need immediate surgery and immediate chemotherapy. Okay. What else? Yeah. What else that's right. How yeah. did this cancer start? How did this disease start? How are we going to support all the other systems in your body to help facilitate your, your healing in a, in a, in a more, in a more gentle and in a, in a more holistic way with less side effects. Yeah. And it's, it is that attitude that I wish people would, I know it doesn't mean that you got to like sell your house and go live on a farm and grow your own oats and have cows. And stuff. No, it doesn't. It simply means calling Carissa or Megan come over to your house to lay some hands on your baby yeah and then you move on with your life right you you, it can be that's what I want everybody in the medical community to realize that it can be integrated like why do our hospitals not have areas and sections for this kind of thing yeah because it was so much money yeah actually there are some in the states but Well, it's funny, like with, um, my uncle and his cancer, when we went to the cancer, um, plate, when we went to the cancer place, the oncology department, um, (laughs) sorry, I haven't slept in a week. Um, there was actually quite a bit of, you know, not just healing the body, but healing the mind as well, which I thought like, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and watching that and going, Oh yeah. And they also had that same sort of holistic support for the support people as well, which I thought was really good too. I mean, I think some areas and hospitals and whatnot are getting it, that it's more that, because I think when we talk about cancer, we know it's not just cancer. We know that cancer can be affected by so much else and, and how it gets treated and, and how it spreads and things like that can be affected by your emotions and, and, and your mental health and all of these things. So, I mean, I think it's, it's getting to that place, but I think it needs to be like fully integrated. You know what I mean? Not just in, in particular areas. I mean, we know as doulas, how important the mind is to the body for birth to progress the way it needs to. I mean, that's a huge mind body connection, but I don't think I would like to see more of that mind body work done in obstetrics for sure. Yes. And yeah. even, even uh, lactation consulting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we know that there are therapies out there that can help. So it's not just about snipping a tongue tie. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's a very, that can be extremely useful just in the same way that, medication can be extremely useful for people and children with ADHD or depression or whatever, but there are many, many other modalities that can also support you on along your journey to healing. And even something as niche as lactation consult consultation could use modalities like this to help them in their work. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just assessing with their assessment. Um, they, a lot of things I feel are left out, you know, they'll say, Oh, your baby has a tight job. There's so much more than just a tight jaw, right? Like with that assessment, how is the, the rest of the body going? Right. Are their knees, like I said earlier, are the knees tucked up to the chest? Can they extend their neck? Why can't they extend their neck? Mm-hmm. Right. 
it's it's so much more than you know oh it's painful on this one side okay great um maybe you could use body work or oh it's painful on this side okay let's just change the latch for this side well that's that's a band-aid you know that's that's just covering up the fact that this baby has a side preference mm-hmm. um rather than being like oh there's something in their body that is bringing them to the left side easier than than you know to the right or keeping them from turning their head to the right mm-hmm. you know there's mm-hmm. yeah i mm. think you're right awesome hmm. i think megan should definitely talk about the course that she offers as well because that's pretty important stuff and that's how i became a cranial psychotherapist but i would love megan to talk about that a little bit oh yeah tell us tell us tell us know about it yeah so i've changed things up a little bit since you took it carissa um yeah. I, uh, I'm obsessed with more and more and more education. So I'm always taking more education. Um, but that then, you know, transfers into what I teach. So I've changed up my, my teaching process a bit and my courses are now, um, the the one course is actually split up into three. Um, and that is because I've had people from all over the world asking me for virtual training and for the last two years, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, I don't, I, I want, I want you to be in person to learn this. But now I've, I've split it up into three. Um, the first two are virtual. And then the people who are really serious about this can take the third one, which is in person. Mm-hmm. So the first oh, one is, um, yeah, right. <laughs> the first one, but it takes a lot longer now. It takes six months to finish rather than, uh, four weeks. Right. So, but that's okay. Like that's, that's a great journey and that's a great way of really getting good at these techniques. Um, so, um, the first one is, uh, craniosacral foundations, and that's where you just learn the foundational skills of the, that five grams of pressure, and how to assess the body, right? Like, you know, I could say, oh, you just feel it. You just feel stuff in the body. Well, how, how do you feel the stuff in the body? How do you find those areas that are tight? So I teach the how, and these, these techniques can be used on any body, you know, it doesn't, and the older they are, the better because babies are a moving target. Whereas an adult um, is a little bit more cooperative and will just lay there (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, not say a word. but then they also can give feedback on your pressure. Mm-hmm. They can, mm-hmm. you know, adults can give feedback and say, oh, you know, that's too much or, oh, that's really gentle and I can feel it elsewhere in my body. Um, so that's the first one. And um, I'm actually starting that one in June, um, this June, 2022. And then the second one is infant craniosacral part one. And that is, Uh, that's more of taking those foundational skills and applying them to a baby's body, right? Applying them to neonatal issues, applying them to the birth story, Mm -hmm. applying them to how to find these tight tissues within the baby so that, you know, you as a doula, right. Can say, Hey, I, I can feel this tightness in their body. Um, do you mind if I just do a couple of techniques to, and, and see if that helps them to sleep better or, you know, whatever. Um, so that, that is ICST one, part one. And then part two is where it's more about the cranium, right? And so that's why it's in person. I want to teach people who are really serious about wanting to change babies, really wanting to help them with that, that latch and that nursing experience. Um, and doing that cranial release, right? So there are specific releases within the head that we can use to improve the latch, right? Um, So these babies that come out with a really like weird cone shape um, or asynclitic or OP, all of these things, their cranium is real squished up in different areas and that's gonna throw off their latch. So this part two is how to release the bones inside the mouth release the bones on, you know, where the ears are so that this baby can open their mouth wide. Um, and their tongue can actually do that, you know, that wave like motion to, to pull milk and swallow properly without coughing and choking on their mm-hmm, mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Awesome. awesome. 
And where can, so we're going to put this in the, in the show notes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but where can people find you? Yeah. Beams CST. So I used my last name, which is probably not the best thing to do because everyone spells it wrong my entire life, but that's okay. Um, beams CST beams, B E A M E S and M is in mother E S uh, com. That is where you can learn all about the, uh, virtual and in-person courses and, uh, pretty, we're, we're pretty, um, active on Instagram and a little bit on Facebook. Um, yeah. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yeah. That's hey, awesome. Anything Perfect. else you want to share? Any other questions anybody has anything? I honestly think that like if every baby can have even one treatment as soon as they're born, you know, like minutes after birth, we could avoid so much trouble. You know, we could avoid those, those babies being admitted at five days. We could, because of dehydration, you know, we could avoid so much, um, Google rabbit hole, you know, because parents are like, well, what the fuck is happening? Um, you know, and then they get into this anxiety, Google rabbit hole and they're up at three in the morning being like, oh, my baby's got cancer. And it's like, no, they're just sore, you know? Yeah. Um, and, um, and Google's awful. Google's not going to give you the right answers. So I feel like if, if, you know, especially doulas, you know, midwives, cool. That'd be great if they could do it too, but doulas don't have, they can just do a treatment, you know, um, they don't have to play by the, the rules of uh, that midwives have to play by. So if a doula can just give that baby a treatment right, you know, within a day or two of being born, it could help so much. Um, have you guys ever been either one of you been called in to do a treatment, like right in the hospital? I've never been called into a hospital, but, um, pre-COVID of course. Yeah. Um, you know, this one person, I won't say her name, but I was called into her house. Um, she called me at 24 hours to say like, Hey, we had this like shoulder dystocia baby didn't breathe for eight minutes, like, or like wasn't breathing properly for eight minutes. So, um, could you come as soon as possible? And I was there at her house at 36 hours. Um, and we treated her right then and there and her husband bless his soul. I was there for half an hour treating at this point. And he's like, okay, so when does the treatment start? (laughs) 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 And we were like, um, half an hour ago. (laughs) And you said, we know this person. Yeah. You know her. Yeah. You know, personally or all the pragmatic duels me. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone in this room, you know her. So I was at, but but because of confidentiality, I'm not allowed to say famous. True. She's not famous. No, she just is like, she's like a doula in the community. Got it. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's cool. 36 hours. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. I've actually had people say to me, is it too, what is, is this too soon? And I said, honestly, the sooner the better and spread that word to everyone, you know, but I've also treated a couple of doulas babies, which has been really fun. Um, so yeah, that felt really good to be trusted and to be, I felt like it was an honor in a lot of ways. Yeah, it truly is an honor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For, for people to literally hand their baby over to a stranger yeah. and say, do what you will. I have no idea what you're going to do. And then you get to touch this baby with love and respect and care. Mm. It's truly an honor. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. That's I had a, I feel about this work too. Yeah. Yeah. I had someone with a preemie baby last week who he, he showed up at, uh, five, sorry, four weeks, but three, uh, two weeks corrected. And, um, and so he was in NICU for two weeks and with all the cords, all of these things. And she's like, my baby was a robot and the nurses touched him. Like he was going to break. Um, and there was no love. There was no compassion. And she just started crying. We both started crying. Um, because she's like, I haven't seen someone else touch my baby with such love you know, there's, and, and he's had, we have had such a traumatic experience. We have not had a moment of feeling good. 
mm. of feeling like this human has been respected. Um, and, and, and this is the first time. So mm -hmm. it was, mm -hmm. that's big. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Oh, wow. Well, again, I've learned so much. <laughs> now I'm like, how can I incorporate this into my work? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Great. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. And I want that. that. Yes. Yes. Because the more the more people who offer this, the less weird it is, yeah. and the right. less like apprehensive people will be. Mm -hmm. Um and, and you know, the better the world will be. <laughs> exactly. Happy True. babies, happy world. That's, right? That's exactly. It. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. All right. Thank we good. Anybody so has much. any other questions? All right. Cool. Um, yeah. So I will put this stuff in the show notes and people can get in contact with you, which is awesome. And I guess that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, that's Thanks awesome. Thanks so Just much for coming and sharing and Thank you, Carissa, for being here and just helping yourself or anything out of the fridge. That's what we want. Love it. <laughs> I was hungry. It's great. It's great. All right. Everybody just stick around. Um, and I hope this was good for everybody. I hope I hope everybody learned something. Yeah, right. I, you must have. If you were listening, you must have learned something. Uh, here's another another resource to add into your bag of doula tricks, because this yeah. is this is a big one. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. So if you, I know, I mean, the majority, funnily enough, the majority of our listeners are in the United States, um, but check it out and see, you know, there is virtual oh, study, obviously. Yeah. The majority uh, of the people who come up for the in-person training are American. Yeah. Oh, I, have, so I have five people in the class starting. Oh, the, the, I'm, I'm doing a training right now. Um, five people in the class and four of them are American. Oh, wow. interesting. Well, yeah. there you go. Cool. I have nice. someone um, from Israel coming. I have someone from Indonesia coming Ooh. and New Zealand. So it's not just student, a, students. Canada. Cool. International students. That's awesome. it. Yeah. Come check so out there Canada. you go. You That's don't okay. have to just be from Toronto to do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, cool. I hope everybody has a great day. Yes. And stay Enjoy safe. Week. Stay safe. Enjoy the sunshine. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.